Active FM presents Food for Thoughts with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Vicky Ensley. So we're continuing with the series, Destroy the Limitations, and today's sermon is entitled, I Am the Healing. Now, I Am the Healing is quite a big topic for this time that we're in, and I want you to think about that because, you know, I've been seeing a lot of reminders coming up on Facebook um, of the time a year ago. Um, uh, just a personal thing I hated a year ago when we went into level 5 lockdown and if you remember correctly a year ago at this time we were in level 5 lockdown you know we were going to be in lockdown for 3 weeks and we're still in lockdown you understand what I'm saying like 370 million years later but in any case I hated level 5 and um, what were people hashtagging stay home and stay safe now if you start listening to the scientists they, they, they were all telling us to follow the science and um, I'm telling you now, if you follow in the science, you are one very confused person. And, and let me tell you why I'm saying that. Because some of the scientists say the only thing that you can do with this virus is to lock down. Other scientists are saying the lockdowns don't even help. Some of the scientists are saying you better wear a mask. Other scientists are saying the masks don't help. Um, some people are saying the only solution is a vaccine. Others say, no, the vaccine is going to kill you. And so I can go on. And if you're, if you're following the science, and if you've put your faith in the science, well, good luck. You're very confused today. And, um, I mean, people were promoting the vaccine here in South Africa. It's safe and effective. And the next thing, no, no, they're suspending the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because now people apparently are getting blood clots. And they said it's only seven out of seven million or something like that in America. Yet they stopped it for the whole country. And obviously now people are even more confused. And why, why are people so confused? And why is it that people would put their faith in the science? You know that the scientists get degrees when they go to university because they only get a degree of knowledge. I mean, we treat these people like they know everything and they don't. <clears throat> There's a volcano going on in Iceland right now. I don't know if you've watched it. I've been watching this thing. My wife's been freaking me out saying, how can you watch a volcano? Well, I, I love watching this fiery stuff just coming out of the ground and it makes us up. <laughs> sound. you understand what I'm saying? I don't know why, but I just like it. But they said this thing would be over in a week, and it's now like a month. And now instead of one little volcano thing, there's like a whole string of them. And I watched the thing yesterday that said that that whole area, which is where the capital of Iceland is, a place called Reykjavik, is about to blow up. But um, the scientists were wrong. Okay, they said it would be a week, and then it would be over, and it's a very long week. And now some guys are saying maybe the whole thing's going to blow over, blow up, I mean, and then next thing maybe the volcano will stop. They can't predict these things. Even we, we right now are supposed to be in a third wave. So I'm pretty sure a third wave is going to come, but they can't predict the third wave. I never heard anyone predicting, for example, what happened in India. I don't know if you saw, in India yesterday, there were 350,000 new COVID-19 infections. So what that means is in less than three days, think about that, less than three days, a million people get COVID-19. So people say, yo, that's bad, but that's out of 1.3 billion people. So they, they, they still got a long way to go. And when you look at all of these things, what happens? Fear. Fear, fear, fear. And then we're fighting, should I wear a mask, shouldn't I wear a mask, and all of these sorts of things. And I want to tell you, the fear can only get you when you put your faith in your own hands and your own body, because your own body can be taken out by viruses, whether it be corona or something else. 
But what the Lord says is that you need to start declaring something. That I am the healing. That the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in me. And with that in mind, I want to read to you from Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34, which says, Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. Think about that. She'd suffered many things from many physicians. How many things have suffered many things from many doctors? You know, I've, I've seen some horrendous situations with doctors. And so this woman, she's going to doctors because she's trusting the science. And she suffered because no matter what they gave her, it didn't help. And then it said, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. How many times do people go to the doctor and they get worse? When she heard about Jesus, and I want you to think about that. That's an important uh, 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 sentence right there. When she heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said... If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? It's like, Are oh, you nuts, but you know? I mean, you have the disciples. They, they, they know that Jesus is the Messiah, but they, they, they're actually saying to him, are you nuts? How can you ask who touched? The oaks are pushing against you the whole time. And then it goes on in verse 32 and says, He looked around to see her um, who had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling and knowing what had happened to her came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now in the NIV verse 34 says, He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So she had an issue of blood. What was happening? Well, there was a hemorrhage that was taking place out of her. There was a continuous flow of blood. Maybe there was some sort of a, 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 a tumor, you know, in her womb. Or, or maybe there was some other, other sort of disease of her uterus. Now... <clears throat> You don't understand what a big problem this would have been for a woman living in, 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 in Jerusalem at that time or in Israel at that time. You see, the moment the woman had an issue of blood, the moment her monthly period came, she was unclean according to the Old Testament law. She was unclean. And so for that time, they, they, they would be unclean and then they would have to take a special bath at the end of their period. Now this woman's been bleeding for 12 years and this meant that she was ceremonially unclean. She couldn't even be temporarily cleansed. And so she was unclean for 12 years. Now having this issue would have been enough physically, but there's also a social impact and there's also a spiritual impact. And in verse 26, Mark tells us that she had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather grew worse. Now, think about this. The doctors could not help. But I don't know if you realize this. You know, when you go to a doctor and you say, doctor, please help me. And then the doctor does X, Y, and Z. And then what happens is you don't get better. How many of you realize they still expect you to pay? Doctor, you know, I'd love to be a doctor. I'm going to be honest with you. It's the only profession that I know of, maybe other than a politician. 
and a lawyer. Those three, doctor, lawyer, politician, where you can be totally um, you know, unsuccessful. You, you, you could even make the patient more sick, and yet you still have to pay. So now, she spent all of her money. And not only is she still in the situation she was in, she's broke as well. She's lost all of her money. She's lost everything. And Luke says that this, this particular case was humanly incurable. And that she could not be healed by anyone. Now, understanding the Old Testament law, if you go to the book of Leviticus... It says that when a woman has the flow of blood, that anyone who touches her is unclean. So therefore she can't touch anyone because anyone that, that touches her, not only now is she unclean, but they are unclean. And so this condition excluded her from going to the temple because she could touch others and then she would contaminate them. And thus she was unable even to participate in the worship. She couldn't even go to church. And then, to make it even worse, even within her own family, including her, her own husband, if she had a husband, if, if, um, if, if he touched her, he was unclean. Basically, she, she lived for 12 years, COVID-19 positive. That would be the comparison with what we have today. You know, if someone's COVID-19 positive... Hey, everyone goes on the other side of the street, on the other side of the city. You know, I've heard people even freak out when they heard that someone was in a room that they in that was COVID-19 positive. I've literally seen people freak out. It might have been three months ago. Doesn't matter. They freak out. This is how it was for this woman. And so think about her struggles. She, she would have had tremendous struggles with her health. Her finances were destroyed. They were smashed. And many people have seen their finances destroyed because of health problems. There would have been distance in terms of her relationship. She would have had social distancing to the T. And then even worship. Even in the church, she was blocked off from that. Now as if all of this isn't enough. In the Bible, the blood speaks of your life. And so this continuous flow of blood going out of her means there was a continual draining of the life from her. I wonder how many of us are sitting here today and you know you're living your life and things are going but, but you just feel like there's this continual flow or a draining of the life coming from you. You, you, you cannot enjoy life and it's just going out of you all the time. You never feel that you're getting back. You never feel that you're receiving. That is what this woman's life was like. If your, if your life is like that, I want to tell you something. Her faith made her well. Her faith made her well. And so what do we see about this woman and, and her faith? The first thing we see is that when she heard about Jesus. Now understand that hearing is important. When she heard about Jesus. You know, we cannot believe if we have not heard. Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him who, who, whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. 
But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And then it says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to people being saved, they can only be saved if they believe in Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way to get to heaven. You can only be saved from an eternity that you don't want by believing in Jesus. But you know, people can only believe if they've heard the gospel. Faith comes by hearing. And, and people cannot hear unless the preacher has spoken. But the preacher can't go out unless they are sent. And therefore it's important that every one of us be sent and we go out and preach the gospel. I want to say this to you. Our witness as to what God has done in our lives, how Jesus has transformed our lives, the miracles that we see taking place in our lives, it's so important that we testify that so that people can hear. And that's why Paul said he was not ashamed of the gospel. And why was he not ashamed of the gospel? Because he knew faith comes by hearing and people are only going to be saved and people are going to only experience the miracles of God if someone preaches. <clears throat> but now I also want you to realize maybe you're sitting here and, and, and you hear about all of this preaching, but just because you've heard doesn't mean that you're saved. Just because you heard the message, just because you've heard the gospel, just because you've heard about what Jesus can do in your life, doesn't mean that you are saved. Maybe you're here because some crazy person always speaks about Jesus. Maybe you're here for some other reason. Maybe you came here and someone threatened to shoot you if you wouldn't be here today. But just because you're sitting in church doesn't mean you're saved. And you know what? Just because you have Christian parents doesn't mean that you are saved. No, no. What you need to realize is that after hearing, something else is needed. And what happened with her? Not only did she hear that Jesus was coming. It says, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I, I want you to understand that is a statement of faith. Right there, there's a faith. And after hearing, we have to make a confession of our faith. The confession of this woman is she heard and now she spoke. Now, what does the Bible say about this in Romans 10, 18, 11? It's a verse we read often. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's the thing. Hearing about Jesus is only the first step. Then you have to confess Jesus with your mouth. Now, you know, when you start confessing Jesus with your mouth, some incredible things are going to happen in your life. In Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says, I want to say that again, whoever says, I want to say that once more, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I want to ask you as you're sitting here today, wherever you may be, maybe you're listening, the, the voice one, Maybe you're watching at home. Maybe you're sitting at a site. Maybe you're, you're in Selby. Maybe you're there at Henley. But wherever you are, I want to tell you that Jesus says whoever says. If you can believe what you say, you can have it. This is what the Lord is saying. If you can, if you can believe 
what you say, you can have it. Now I want you to think about the context of this woman. She says, if I can just touch. She's muttering to herself. She's talking to herself. She's convincing herself. And you know, if you know anything about the most famous marathon in South Africa, the Comrades Marathon, you know, one, one year they'll have the down run where they run from Peter Mansburg to Durban. The next year they'll have the up run. And they say that when you're running the up run, at about 70 kilometers, you reach an area called the Harrison Flats. And, and when you reach those flats, there's chicken farms and all sorts of stuff. The place stinks. It's flat. It's hot normally. And um, the body starts saying, stop. The body starts saying, you're finished. And the mind starts getting filled with, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to make it. If I try to make it, I'm going to end up in intensive care. If I try to make it, I'm going to end up in the grave. My heart wants to explode. And you know, it's at this moment that the runner has to speak to themselves and has to say, body, you're lying to me. We've trained. We're ready for this race. We can do this. And um, in that moment, what the runner has to do is they have to start contradicting their mind. And so when you're running, you, you contradict your mind and you contradict the voices of others. Now, I want to tell you it's exactly the same. When you're coming to the Lord and you're coming with faith, you have to contradict your mind. You have to contradict the voices of others. I know you're finished, eh? I know with that thing that you got, no, no, it's over. Eh? I've never, ever heard of anyone that ever got this thing that you got. Aish, go check Google, eh? You know, Google's got the answers for everything. You go type in your symptoms and, and Google says, yo, you got about three weeks to live. And six weeks later, you're still panicking about the fact that six weeks ago, you had three weeks to live. The thing is, she was like the comrades marathon, a marathon runner who didn't quit. She pushed through no matter what people were saying. She pushed through no matter what her circumstances were saying. She said, if I can just touch his coat, I will be healed. Even though there would have been different voices in her mind. Even though many people were telling her, you can't. You can't because if you're going to push through the crowd, every person you touch, you're making them unclean. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you make everyone around you unclean? And she understood she had to speak. She had to quiet the voices of unbelief. And she said this to herself over and over. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And you know why she could speak it? Because she saw it. She saw it. What are you imagining in your mind? You know, we imagine all sorts of things. How many of us in March 2020 were imagining getting COVID? And if you get COVID, that's it. You've got four weeks to go. You know, the first two weeks, asymptomatic, then symptomatic, and then it just goes. <whistles> she was looking with her spiritual eyes. She was drowning out the voices. She was visualizing. She was seeing herself getting to Jesus. And touching his cloak. And she saw seeing herself being healed. Seeing things according to God's word is incredibly important. And she kept seeing herself well. You know, when you, when you get some sort of major, major illness, the first thing you have to do is you've got to start taking the word and you've got to see yourself well and you've got to start putting your faith in Almighty God that this thing's going to happen for you. She was sick for 12 years. But even though she's sick for 12 years, she could see herself healed. She saw herself touching his garments. She could see her answer. I want to tell you, once you've had faith, 
And once you've seen God come through for you supernaturally, it becomes easier the second time. You know, the first time that I had to believe God, and this is just in this section of my life, was in 2019 when the landlord phoned me and said, oh, we can get this building. It's only going to double your rent. And we were struggling to even pay the old rent, but, you, you know, he was thinking about us, and we can have it if we want it. And then COVID it. Now, it's not as if we were cash flush. We were already having a miracle every single month. We were continually three days away from being bankrupt. Every day, how are you? No, we're fine. We're only three days away from being bankrupt. We got three days not to worry. We'll panic on the fourth. And then the lockdown comes. Now, how are you going to survive that? How in the world are you going to survive that? But you know, it was easier in the lockdown because it had already been happening for about nine months from when we took over this building. I want to tell you that once you've believed God, once God has come through for you, it's easier to believe Him the second time. Because you've seen it before and you've received it. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Okay, faith is about things we haven't yet seen with our natural eyes. Faith is, is about things that we haven't yet experienced. And it's not just a hope. Okay, faith creates an expectancy. You're expecting something to happen. Faith is not hope. Hope means you take your prayers and you chuck them up on the roof and you just hope. You hope something sticks. I want to tell you that that kind of faith doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. The only hope that we have is the hope that one day, one day in the future, Jesus is coming back for his church and we're going to be part of that. That's hope. But in terms of faith, faith is a nothing. Faith is believing for today. And, and I want to ask you in terms of your life, in terms of what's going on in your world, how do you see your life? How do you see your future? Don't see your now. Don't see your now in terms of your finances. See your finances through eyes of faith. Don't see your now in terms of your marriage. See your marriage in terms of your eyes of faith, in terms of what the Word says about it. See your kids through eyes of faith. See your disciples through eyes of faith. See your healing through eyes of faith. I want to tell you what faith is. Faith is believing Jesus and that only Jesus can sort it out. I want to tell you even with this virus, I believed it from the start and I believe it with all my might now. The only solution to this whole pandemic, lockdown mess is Jesus. Look at what people have tried and nothing has worked. Nothing has worked. Now, here's a big thing. This woman's faith got the attention of Jesus. Why did it get the attention of Jesus? It got the attention of Jesus because she acted. You see, here's what you have to realize. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. She actually stepped out and she did something. She never said, ah, okay, sarah, sarah. Whatever will be, will be. We just have to accept it and make the best of it. She didn't do that. She didn't say, oh, well, oh, well, whatever the will of God is, is if I must bleed every single day till the day I die, whatever the will of God is, she didn't come with that kind of trash. That is trash talking. No, she found God's will. 
she found God's will for her healing and she chased after it. She chased after it with everything that she had. And James 2 verse 26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. You know, your works, the things that you do, are the evidence of your faith. And the works show your faith in action. You see, faith is an action. Your work shows that you, shows that you have faith by your obedience. What did Jesus say? He said, those of you that are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and it's just like everything's on you. He says, come to me. Come to me and you will find rest. Come to me and you will find peace. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light and it's easy. And she was persistent. She pushed through the crowd. She pushed through the crowd. There was a multitude thronging around Jesus. And according to the law, she was not allowed to go near people. But you know what? She did not care. She did not care what other people thought. She did not care what other people said. No matter how offended people may have been with her, she did not care. I want to tell you that people of faith don't keep quiet for anyone. She was pushing through the crowd, and the crowd was pushing her away. She persevered and she pushed through, and her faith got the attention of Jesus. And this is what the Lord's saying to you today. Your faith will get his attention. And then Jesus begins to say, who touched my clothes? And the disciples are saying, Jesus, you're crazy. You really are crazy. There's a throng of people. Everyone wants to hear from you. People are pushing against you. We're battling to keep people back. And now you're asking who touched you. But she touched with a difference. She touched with faith. And her faith pulled the power of God out of the Lord Jesus Christ. And many people hear this. They go to church. They even speak about Jesus. They go to a cell group. But you know, few get the attention of Jesus. And this is the reality. Few get the attention of Jesus. And I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today. This is why I talk about something like the life class. Because, you know, our minds are so messed up by everything that we hear in the world. Whether it be from the media, politicians, whoever. The world talks nonsense. The world talks the biggest load of rubbish. And every time the world gives you advice, and I'm talking about a system now, every time the world gives you advice, it never works out for you. And I challenge you right now just to go look at your life. Just go check it out. Just go have a squiz. Where's it worked out? Where's it worked out? Many pray, but few get his attention. If you're afraid of people, God will give you what you want. He will give you what you want. But what God's calling you to do is to take a risk. When you take a risk, you take everything, you give it to Him. When you give everything to Him, and, and when it comes to Jesus, you, you come to church, and it comes time for us to shout our praises, you go, Yes! Jesus! People tell you to shut up. You go, yes, Jesus! Even louder. Even louder. Because if you have faith, they can't shut you up. And down the history of the church, many people have been threatened with their lives. 
and told, you shut up with the name of Jesus. And they've shouted all the louder. And many have died. But if you believe God, serve God. You know what this woman did? She received Jesus. She received Jesus. Mark 5 verse 32, 34. And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. Now she's afraid. Why is she afraid? Because she's broken the law. She's actually broken the law to get to Jesus. Now she's scared. She made everyone unclean. In her legal mind, she made Jesus unclean. And he turns to her in verse 34 and says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You know, there are many people who receive a miracle from Jesus and don't fall down. There are many who will not humble themselves like that. <clears throat> but no one will have any excuse when they die. I want to tell you, when people die, everyone knows Jesus is real. And the day will come when even on this earth, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You will have no excuse. <clears throat> That's why I go to church. <laughs> yes, even I go to church. That's why I'm so passionate about destiny training. That's why I'm so passionate about cell groups and leading. But I want to tell you this. I'm passionate about this because I need Jesus. I'm passionate about this because I want to be like Jesus. I'm passionate about this because I want to see Jesus work. And I want to know the hope of the resurrection. But for many, God does a miracle because he loves all people. But you know, there are many people who know about the miracles of God, but they serve the miracle rather than the God of the miracle. What about you? Do you serve the miracle of God or do you serve the God of the miracle? Whether it's financial, whether it's healing, whether it's a relationship that's totally broken and messed up and you believe in God for it to be restored, are you believing for the miracle or are you believing the God of the miracle? I want to just read to you again. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to tell you today, doesn't matter where you might be, whether you're here in the building or whether you're somewhere else and you're listening to this. Your destiny is at stake. Your eternal destiny is at stake. I want to encourage you not to struggle and to say, no, no. I'll just, I'll pray later. You know, <laughs> Jesus can wait. I'm not ready for him. I want to tell you now is the time you need to come because right now this place is an altar. This place is an altar and this altar sacrifices everything. You know, God sacrificed everything for you. He sacrificed absolutely everything for you. I want you to think about it. The Bible says, if you've even looked on another person with lust, you've committed adultery with them in your heart. I want you to think, who of us is going to escape the allegation of adultery when you think about that? doesn't help if we say, oh, you're more guilty. Oh, Hitler's more guilty than me. That doesn't help. The issue is, it doesn't matter if you're more guilty or less guilty, you're guilty. But Jesus came to save us. And right now, Right now, he says, I want to meet with you. He says, don't think you're going to have a more effective time later. Don't think you're going to have next week or the week after. 
right now is the time. I want you to give your life to me. And when you come to this altar, you're saying to God, Lord, now is the time. Lord, now is the time. Lord, I'm looking at my life. I'm looking at what's been going on. I'm looking at what I've been trusting. I'm looking at what I've been putting my faith in. And, and, and I realize it's not worth living for. Lord, I want to commit to you now. I want to submit my life to you now. I want to give you everything. I can't wait until later. And you're saying this because you're saying, I don't know if I'll make it if I don't do this. And then you're saying, I want to live with you from today on. I don't want to live eternity far from you. Lord, I choose to live with you from this day forward because I know that one day my death's going to come knocking. But I want to know that when my death comes knocking, it won't affect me because I'll know that I'll know that I'll know that I'll be with you for eternity. And so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes right now. I don't know what brokenness there might be in your life and there's someone I'm speaking to right now. I don't know, I don't know what may have gone on in your life. I don't know who you are, but I know that there's someone that is involved in this service right now. And the Lord is saying to you, I want you right now to commit to me. And he's saying to you, you know it's you. You know that it's you. He's saying, I will restore you. The things that are broken, I will restore. What the enemy, the devil has stolen from you, I will repay you. If you surrender your life to me, we're going we're gonna to pray with everyone now and we're going to believe God with you. And if you will mean this prayer, then you will be with the Lord. Amen. Forever. Let's pray together. Repeat after me. Say, so, Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I repent of everything I've done wrong. Lord, I renounce my life of sin and I accept your sacrifice. For I know that it was the price you paid for my redemption and today Lord I ask that the blood of your wounded body would wash me of all my rebellion all my sin that you would set me free of any sickness and pain that you would heal me right now Lord Lord I'm reaching out to you and I'm taking that step and I'm believing I'm being healed right now I accept that my debt has been paid and that with you from now on, I have no outstanding balance. Because you paid everything for me at the cross of Calvary. <clears throat> I accept that by your blood I'm justified. And that from this moment forward, you see me as I've never sinned. And that by your blood I'm sanctified. <clears throat> and you have chosen me to serve you. And I'm willing to serve you, Lord. Today, Lord... I open the door of my heart and I invite you to come in as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me and for giving me eternal life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
can't keep 